I hope y'all are ready. I hope you're ready. Uh, if we haven't met yet, my name's John. I have the privilege of being one of the pastors here. Um, and I just want to say thank you. Um, last week, I had uh, uh, an incredible privilege to be able to share the stage with my son, Noah. And uh, yeah, well, yeah, okay, thank you. Whoever did that, amen. Praise God. Uh, Noah, uh, just so proud of him and being willing to, to face his fears and, and, and really faith his fears, um, to really find strength in his faith to overcome those fears um, and to, to name it. And what was beautiful about last week, um, which is why you should always hang out, because if you don't know what I'm talking about, <laughs> um, so this Every Sunday, this thing happens. Just, just saying. Not every fifth Sunday. Every Sunday. So, um, so last Sunday after each service, there was just this line of people just waiting. Like, and he felt like he was like this rock star, right? Like, like. And, and what was cool is it wasn't a line of students. It was a line of adults that just wanted to let him know how God used the 14-year-old boy to unlock hurts in 44, 54, 64-year-old wounds. Yeah, praise God. And so I just thank you. I thank you uh, uh, for the support and the love you, you showed Noah. Uh, I thank you for those adults that came forward. Not only uh, thank you for stepping into a, a new reality of healing, uh, but for empowering my son at the same time. So thank you for that. Um, yes, the same person who clapped. It's not my mom even. It's amazing. Whoever that is, praise God. I can't see the lights are in my eyes. So praise God. I, I hear you. I can't see you, but I hear you. Um, like Noah said last week, uh, the crowd engagement at this, at this crowd is better than first service. It is. So uh, this day. Uh, so uh, I am uh, I am a bit of a train wreck in the moment. Just so uh, we like to like be honest with each other, right? I think we've come to the point now where it is uh, expected almost. I am a bit of a train wreck in the moment, uh, and so I will try to either make this extremely long or extremely short today. So um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, I uh, you ever feel like you are walking in purpose? You know what I mean? Like you can walk on purpose. Very different when you are walking in purpose. I can walk on purpose to the store. Like it's on purpose. I'm purposefully going to the store. I feel like I am walking in purpose right now, that there are certain things that we're trying to do as a ministry that is purposed by God and I'm walking in obedience in that purpose for our ministry and the enemy does not like it. And as, as, as your pastor, as one of the leaders here, man, am, I just took one on the chin this morning. And, uh, and, I, and I got back up. I'll just say that. I got back up. And, yeah, praise God for that. But I'd be lying to you if I wasn't really mad right now. <laughs> So I'm trying to be really good with a microphone in my hand. Uh, but thank you, uh, worship team, because um, I don't know if the worship today uh, was for anybody else other than me, but that song, Firm Foundation, reminded me that even in the midst of the storm, even in the midst of the fight, even when I take one on the chin, he is my firm foundation. I will not be shaken. He will 
be the one that I find my strength in, even when people let me down. So, um, so I stand before you as a leader who like just got up from the mat, you know, like when Rocky kept getting up in all the Rocky movies. Like I feel like a bit like I'm not Rocky. I wish I, man, I wish I was like 60 years old, like Stallone and still ripped. You know, that's it's just not me. And and all God's people said Amen. So. <laughs> So uh, we'll see where today goes, uh, but just being real candid and vulnerable with you today uh, as, uh, as, as, as you would expect from me and I expect from you, uh, that's, you got a wounded warrior today. So um, like Dale, man, where were you, man? Dale's like, Dale's like, man, someone hit you in the face, not literally, just so we're all clear. Some of you are wondering, like that is not a literal took it on the chin. It's like, yeah, in, in the spirit, someone really... Yeah, sucker punched me. So, uh, like, Dale's part of our security team. He's like, who do I got to take out? <laughs> and if you don't know Dale, just look that way and look for, you know, just a man who, like, could, like, wrestle a tank, and that's Dale. So, <laughs> praise God for him. Uh, so, I, uh, I want to tell you that this series has been doing a, a good work in his people. Uh, just parking for weeks in this idea of what's it mean to be a good neighbor well, God is doing a good work in us, his people, um, because first for us to be good neighbors, we have to be good neighbors to ourselves. Amen. You know what I mean? Like we first have to like understand that the neighbor that we need to be good to first it, it, is our heart, our own heart, and then those under our roof. That's our first neighbor, right? And so, so he's doing a good work in us before he will do a good work through us. And so understand right now that when we talk about being a good neighbor, which is a good thing, not just a good neighbor, but a God neighbor, that, that, that it's going to happen with us first. So if there's tensions and there's fights and there's things that happen in us and we feel like we're taking it on the chin, that's all part of moving in the direction and taking new territory away from the enemy because there's a lot of people that are trapped in darkness and a lot of people that are hurting that the enemy has hold of them. And the enemy fights dirty. So, hey, I'll take it as a blessing that I got hit on the chin. He's doing a good work in me and in us. And I love the stories you guys are sharing just of how uh, you're just growing. Like, isn't that the journey of a disciple? You know, follow me as I follow Christ. Like, it, it's, it's a following. It's a lifelong journey of continuing to grow. His invitation to come and die. I'm like, that's... That's what, when we follow Jesus, like, that's what, that's the invitation. Like, oh, that sounds awesome. <laughs> like, wow, what an uplifting message. I got a cool invitation in the mail that says, come and die. <laughs> like, I'm not opening that mail, like, right? But, but at the heart of Jesus who says, you know, I'm giving my life for you. I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die for you, right? That's, that, that's incredible. He sacrifices his life for us so that we may have life eternally, but also for, you know, like an abundant life. Now, at, at the heart of his invitation to all disciples, like, should you choose to accept this mission, the invitation reads, pick up your cross and follow me, which the cross was an instrument of death. It is an invitation to come and die. If you die to yourself, you will become more like me. As you become weak, I will make you strong. Come and die so that I may give you life and life abundant. And so I'm just inspired by your guys' stories in this series as you're growing and, and God's like kind of doing some work in you and helping you grow to be a good neighbor but a God neighbor. 
You know, and, and we're called to that. That's, that's at the heart of the gospel. It's the heart of Jesus' teachings to all of us to, to be a good neighbor, whether it's to our actual neighbor or neighbors around the world or uh, our schools um, or the f- kids on the fringe like we talked about last week or th- today, like talking about how to be a good neighbor, a God neighbor to our local businesses and local business owners because it matters a lot. Like, Jesus gave us like the blueprint for this, right? He, he showed us what this looks like when he stepped down from the throne himself and he put on flesh and blood and he moved into the neighborhood, John 1, 14. You know, like, and that rattles my cage a little bit thinking like Jesus stepped down, the, the, like the line of Judah, the king of kings, Lord of lords, stepped down from his throne, put on some earthly flesh, right? Like, and looked like, I don't know what, but he definitely wasn't white. Let's be clear, a Middle Eastern man, at the t- right? You know, at, at zero, I'm telling you, he wasn't white. Like, so it was like, this guy, like, what's it look like, right? And, and he puts on flesh and blood and, and he enters into this scene and he moves into the neighborhood, into our life. He, he moved in next door to me. Like, I'm a mess, y'all. And all God's people said, amen. Like, like I am. And, and when I'm at home, like, I mean, I'm in my comfy shorts, like, and it probably need washed more than I wash them. I mean, I'm in a holy shirt, you know, and I don't mean like holy, praise God, holy. I mean, like literally like holy because of sweat, holy. Like, like, like I'm that guy just chilling, right? And, and I'm stinky and I'm messy because I'm a boy. And like, and, and Jesus like sees that mess of me and goes, hey, that's my neighbor. That messy guy, that's my neighbor. I'm going to go lend him some sugar. <laughs> I am your neighbor. Some of y'all got that. Some of y'all don't listen to music like that. So, um, so like, it, it, it's, it blows my mind that he would give up all his privileges to become a slave, to become a humble servant, to show us what it looks like to be a good neighbor, to sacrifice, to be a God neighbor, to be inconvenienced, to put others above ourselves, to be a God neighbor. And a lot of us, we, you know, in this journey, like we wrestle through like, what, what's that mean? Like to be a good neighbor, you know, like, okay, well, I, I, I'll lend sugar to somebody. Um, I'll lend an egg, maybe not the whole carton. You know how much they cost, especially the organic ones. My gosh, have you looked at the price of like organic eggs, you know, like the cage free, natural free, whatever free, whatever, you know, you know, like, and like compared to like the good old fashioned, just white eggs, you know, like, man, like, so like, it, it's, it's like, so maybe we won't share those eggs because they cost a lot, but like he, he, he will give up everything for us and he asks us to do the same for our neighbor. Hello. God, John, (laughs) get to the scripture, John. (laughs) So that's what I'll do. (laughs) That's, that's what I'll do. God, that was a large firework. Yeah, I heard it. I heard it in the earpiece. See, I got security. Like, I heard it. It was a large firework. Um, so, 
God's word uh, shares with us a, a story that we've been uh, kind of rooting this series in about the Good Samaritan where uh, just somebody, uh, I kind of poke fun at this guy, but he, this guy is in all of us. Um, in, in scripture, uh, it calls him a religious, bless you, it recalls him a religious expert, all right? Um, and while m- maybe none of us or some of us wouldn't say like, oh yeah, I'm a religious expert, um, you know, all of us struggle, maybe in different degrees, um, with the di- you know clinging to religion or relationship. And so there's, I don't want to just poke fun at the religious expert in our text because that he, he's in us. You know, the danger is when you hang out with Jesus for a while, you start to trend more in the direction of of religion and less relationship. And there's that's a constant tension. Of I want to I want to know the Father, know the Father, know the Father, not so that I can just know the Father, but I can actually show people the Father, right? And so, like, uh, thank you. Um, so, like, praise God. Uh, like, it, that's what He calls us to. Well, this guy in our story, he he didn't yet get this. He was a religion expert, not a love expert, <laughs> not a compassion expert, not a mercy expert. He was a religious expert. Luke 10, 25 says, one day an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus. That was stupid. So don't do that. So says uh, one day an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. He says, teacher, um, what should I do to inherit eternal life? That and, and, and that question in and of itself isn't bad. Maybe some of you may be asking that question. You may not word it that way. Like, what do I got to do to, like, get to heaven, right? Maybe that's something. Like, there, I know there are. There are tons of books written about that, right? I'm um, like, well, what do I do to be a good person? What do I do? Like, what do I do, right? What do I, what do? I do? How, what, what box do I check so that I can be in right standing with religion, with my tribe, with my community, with what box do I need to check? And, and friends, uh, we've all been there. A lot of us, maybe in relationships with family, like what do I have to do? What laundry list of things do I need to do to make sure my wife still uh, will do other things that, that, that we want to do, right? How do I make her happy? Check, 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 check. Fine. Yes. This laundry list. Can I do these things to get these things? We can move really far away from a relationship with Christ um, doing things, but never knowing and showing who he is and what he calls us to do. We can go to church, check. We can give, check. We can serve, check. We can group, check. We can do all those things without truly being a disciple of Christ and having a heart transformation. We can show up give, group, serve, and go home and still be a son and daughter of hell. Heart transformation only comes through relationship. Relationship with the Father. He's asking religion questions. What, what, what must I do to, to check all the boxes? <laughs> and Jesus says, well, that's cool. Um, since you're an expert... What's the law of Moses say, right? I love that. Well, you're the expert. What's the law of Moses say? How do you read it? 
Well, and then the expert says, well, actually, it says you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind. And you must love your neighbor as yourself, right? I know the answer. I know the answer. Great. So Jesus goes, I'm glad you know the answer. Uh, so go do this <laughs> and you will live. Ooh, I don't like conviction, do you? Nobody likes conviction, right? And so, you know, the man wanted to justify his actions. And so it goes on to say, uh, well, then who then is my neighbor? The man focused on religion and tradition asked, well, then who then is my neighbor? Because I need to justify my actions. So Jesus then had a little story time. Do you remember reading Rainbow? Reading Rainbow, take a book, right? Like, so like, like we're going to have story time with Jesus, right? And so Jesus has a little story time. He says, he tells a story about a man who traveled uh, from Jerusalem down to Jericho. And in this story, he says that there was a man and he, and he traveled and he was attacked. And he was attacked and he was stripped of his clothes and he, and he was, and was beaten and he was left half dead on the road. And uh, so you got the picture, right? Um, you know, we had some shootings uh, this just past Sunday. You know, two different shootings happening the same just a week ago. Downtown, and it's right by uh, one of the places we like to hang out a lot. Uh, if, y'all, if y'all know Goodfellas, that's right, it was right by Goodfellas. Some good pizza. Another cool local business. There's some people on the ground, bloody, wounded, half naked on the street, and you see them. That's a story Jesus is telling. Except in this story, he says there was a priest that walked by, and he saw this person half naked and bloody in in the gutter, and a priest walked by, and he walked over to the other side of the road and went along. Then it says a temple assistant, somebody, you know, absolutely a helper in the church, in the ministry, a leader. He saw, he walked over. He actually walked over, nosy neighbor. No good, right? Just nosy. Anybody got a neighbor like that? Are you sitting next to that neighbor? (laughs) If they're here, don't point. Nosy neighbor walked over, looked, and then moved over to the other side of the street and walked on by. Religion will walk on by. Relationship engages. Story time with Jesus says that a despised Samaritan enters into the story, and um, who do you despise? You know, like just being candid, who do you despise? It's okay. Like, we're none of us are perfect. Search me, O oh God, and point out anything in me that, that is offensive to you, meaning that all of us will have something that is offensive to God because none of us are perfect until we are made new in his image when we are um, made new in his glory when we are in heaven. So until then, we've all got stuff. It's okay. Let's just be honest about it. Who are those people to you?
We've all got those people. Well, one of those people stepped into the story, Jesus says. And one of those people, he saw a person in need. And this just hit me. Um, I wonder if the reason why he saw him and he engaged is because when you spend time being one of those people, you know what it feels like to always be overlooked, undervalued, underappreciated. He saw somebody in need, and he stepped in. Later on, Jesus tells a story in, in, in another scenario where a woman who was completely despised and rejected had lived a very sinful life and had been forgiven of so much, and she busts into a dinner party, and she's like washing Jesus' feet with her hair, which is just radical, right? That's just like, what is going on? Crazy story, right? For anybody who hasn't like heard that story before, you're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> just get the picture. There was a lady who did a lot of horrible things with her life and her body, got forgiven of all those things by Jesus, and out of her love for Jesus, all she can do is just like, I will wash the crap from your feet because I love you so much because I've been forgiven of so much. And when all the religious people in the room were chastising Jesus and going, how dare you let that person come close to you? How dare you? And he was like, whoa, whoa, silence yourself because she loves much because she has been forgiven of much. How could I stop her? When you've endured much, you will endure much for others. So this despised Samaritan, one of those people steps in and he sees the person who was beaten and naked and uh, in the street. And he sees and he engages and he uh, soothes the man's wounds. He bandages them. He, he picks them up. He puts them into his car, also called a, a donkey. And he, he is a first model, you know. And he, he allows the mess Not only does he step into the mess, he allows himself and his stuff to get messy. It's the posture of Jesus. And he puts him on his donkey and he, and he takes him to an inn and, and scripture says that, that in story time with Jesus, he says that that person, one of those people, he, he took the... the the broken and busted man to the inn, and he, and he said, hey, take care of this man. Um, make sure he's taken care of, and if his bill runs higher than what I'm giving you, uh, I'll pay for the rest. I'll, pay, I'll go extra for him. Understanding, like you gotta understand this, had the man not been bloodied, half-naked, beaten, that man probably would have been spitting in the Samaritan's face because of how despised and hated they were. And he knows this, that that's normally what would happen between the two. And the posture of the Samaritan says, I'll go extra for someone who wouldn't go an inch for me. 
Jesus shows us what being a good neighbor is. He wraps up the story and, and, and he turns to the man trapped in religion. And he says, so in my little story time with JC, which one of these three showed you what it means to be a good neighbor? And the man trapped in religion said, the one who showed him mercy. And the great teacher, the great rabbi Jesus, cleared his throat in front of the class. When he know he, you know, like he proved his point, right? He landed the plane. He said, yes. Now go and do the same. Go and do. We have work to do, my friends. That's why our family is here to lead us in this next leg of ministry to do a good work, to bring heaven to earth, to bring light in darkness, to bring hope where there is despair, to be a good God neighbor to those all around us to train and equip and send out others to do the same. Because there is work to do. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. Those words still ring true. So what does it mean to be a good neighbor to a local business, right? That's, that's, that's the next thing on the list, right? What's it mean to be a, a, a good neighbor, a God neighbor to, to local business owners? Why does it matter like why, why, is it, why would that matter? Well, you know, so first, just from uh, an economical standpoint, I, I want you to understand this too, but also as Jesus followers. Um, small businesses are a really big deal for our economy. Do you know that? Do, do I have any small business owners aside from Donnie? Do I have any small business owners here? Like I'm looking for any other hands, like one, yeah, two, three, four, five. Yeah, I can't really see, six. Yeah, maybe seven over there, seven, eight. I got eight. I got a nine. Here's the reality. In America, uh, when it comes to small business owners, according to Small Business Administration, over 90% of businesses in America are small businesses. 90%. They collectively employ almost half of the American workforce. Think about that. Um, they collectively employ almost half, it's like 47.8, almost half of the American workforce in America are employed by small businesses, kind of important to the local economy. But here's the ugly truth about your favorite local business. You have your favorite local business? You know what I mean? Like, like a favorite local business, uh, you know. Uh, one of my favorites when we first got here um, was uh, Mercer. Remember? Yeah, the Mercer. If y'all don't know the Mercer, man, it was, the, it, it was, it was manna from heaven. It, it was delicious. It was the best deviled egg you could ever experience in your life. Absolutely. If you don't know the Mercer, you'll never know the Mercer. They closed. Uh, you guys know the Sugar Shack? Sugar Shack in Lawrenceburg? Man, it was so great right on the square there. It was just amazing. You can go over and get some, you know, they closed. 
34% of small businesses closed over the last two years. They didn't make it out of the pandemic. We all have those favorite, like, local businesses. Like, you know, we wake up Saturday morning and we're like, man, it's Saturday, it's sunny. I'm, you know, I'm going to go down to that, my, that little shop. They have the best little candles or they have the best little blah, 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 whatever it is. You know, it's like, I love it. I just hope they're open right now. I just hope that they just hope they stay open too. Right? Because our small business owners, they are tired. They are taxed. And every day they are tempted to shut it down. See, being a good neighbor to our small local businesses, it's, it, it's not like just about investing our money into their stores and their products, which is great, which we should to help our local economy. It's caring for our local business owners, the men, women, families behind the brand behind the store. See, without support, without a community rallying around them, without good God Neighbors, not only will we continue to see small businesses shutter their doors, we'll continue to see owners and their families of our, some of our favorite stores continue to sink into unhealth and depression and burnout. And Jesus has a lot to say about that, right? When we see someone who is sinking into unhealth, burnout, and depression, right? When we see someone struggling, Jesus, as Jesus followers, like we, we should know certain things, right? Galatians 6 2, carry each other's burdens, right? Share in each other's burdens. Lift up one another. Carry the burden of one another. And this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? The law of Christ is I'm giving you a new command, right? To love one another. And, and, and in this way, as you love one another, you will show the world that you are my disciples. You, you show the world, you, you live out the law of Christ by carrying each other's burdens. Romans 12, 13, when, when God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. Proverbs 3, 27, don't withhold good from someone who deserves it when it is in your power to do so. If you have the ability to do and help, then you have the responsibility to do and help. Proverbs eleven twenty five says, generous people will prosper. Those who refresh others will then they themselves be refreshed. Our local business owners need refreshed. They are a heartbeat of a local economy. As hard as it is to, to resist the temptation to go to Target, I'm asking you to, to join me in doing so. Target is like a, a bright light to a moth, right? <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I just need a cart full of stuff. <sighs> it just happens. I hate it. I get in my car. Where are you going, Target? Why? I don't know. $500 later, right? Like, Target doesn't need your money. A local business does. Lowe's doesn't need your money. Listen, I've gone to Merrilee's and Cleves like over and over, and 99.4% of the time, they always have what I need, okay? There was one little part, the only time. I needed one little part for a dishwasher, and they didn't have it, so I had to go to Big Box, right? Every other time, they had it. They need our money. Lowe's doesn't need our money. I, um... 
I had this experience uh, that was kind of cool that led us to this moment today. Um, it was Christmas of 20, and uh, we're just coming out of the pandemic, and, and it was Christmas, and it was one of those weird, you know, COVID Christmas, what's this going to be like, right? Uh, stores just started to open up again, and, and so uh, Kelly, she had gotten me, a, you know, a present, which is, you know, nothing special about that. She does that. She's a great wife. And so she, uh, she got me a t-shirt and it was really cool. Uh, I'm all about lions and lion, lion of Judah, you know, and I love that. And, and she got me the shirt and it had a lion on it. And I was like, yeah, roar. Right. And then like, but the lion had like headphones on. I was like, that's different. And then it said good company on it. And I was like, you know, this good company. And I was like, what's good company. And what's it have to do with a lion? And I was like, and what's that parenthesis? Is that like a God, good, good, God, God, good? Like what, what is that? She goes, I saw this little store downtown and like she was so excited. And I just thought of you and it was like, and it was something like, you know, like wear what you believe and believe what you wear. And it had to keep good company and keep God company. I was like, that's amazing. Like, I love that. And, and something like inside of me was like, you should be listening. There's, there's a reason why you need to know this company. Like you ever have a thought when you know, like, Man, that's a God thought right there. It's not just indigestion. Like, you know, like the Holy Spirit is trying to get you. Like, and you know, it's hard to tell the difference sometimes, right? You know, is that spidey sense or is that Holy Spirit? Like, I don't know, right? And so it was like, you got to catch that thought. And I caught that thought and was like, whoa, that, I think I'm supposed to do something with that good company thing, okay? But then, you know, the rest of 20 happened in 21 and life and, you know, succession and all that and never talked to anybody at good company. So uh, and then uh, the beginning of 2022, I'm in a mall. Of course I'm in a mall. And I'm outside of Claire's because that's what a good father does for their daughters. Um, outside of Claire's, she's spending all my money and I'm in the mall just waiting like, when will this misery joy ever end? Um, and and uh, some guy walks past and he has a, a good company t-shirt on and I'm like, hey man, nice shirt, which understand that's really outside of my comfort zone. Uh, I am an introvert by nature. I like my space and only my space. Um, and like, I think that's just who I am. So it was weird that something jumped out of me to interact with a stranger. Um, and I was like, hey man, nice shirt. And I was like, oh, why'd you do that? <laughs> now he's looking at me. <laughs> Now conversation is coming. <laughs> like, this is just, I told you, uh, anxiety. And so I, uh, he walks over and he's like, hey, man, thanks. It's my brand. And I'm like, huh? He's like, yeah, like, uh, it's like that's, that's my brand. It's my brand. And I'm like, what do you mean it's yours? I'm a little slow sometimes, right? He's like, like, I own the brand. Like, what do you mean you own it? <laughs> like, he's like, the company, like, the, the apparel, co- like, it's mine. Like, Huh? <laughs> He's like, you see that kiosk right there? Like, that's my stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're the guy. Like, 18 months ago, I was like, I have to meet this guy. I have to figure out what this good God thing, like, you're the guy. And he's like, okay, weirdo. Like, he's like, I got like a rabid dog, like so excited, right? You know, and and, and he was like, whoa. And he should have walked away, but he didn't because he's a glutton for punishment too. And so I engage into this 40-minute conversation outside of Claire's when this, my man is just trying to get back to work, you know, and he's just like talking to me. I'm like, like you don't know me and I don't know you, but I just really feel like I was supposed to meet you. And I, I you know, I don't know if you'd ever be up for it sometime, but maybe like, would you want to come talk at a church, you know, a church that is like crazy on the west side, not downtown. Like, would you ever want to do that, huh? <sighs> I'd love to say that it wasn't anything like that, but um, I'm not going to lie to you. 
it was a lot like that. And, and he ends up being crazy like me, and he said yes. And so, ladies and gentlemen, you give a warm welcome to my friend Donnie Harper. Hey. If you really want to have a good time, not just come to church every Sunday, but come to both services, and you'll see a completely different message at each service, right? Like, he's thinking, like, this was not at all what we said we were going to do. So, uh, here we are. Uh, so, this is Donnie, uh, and yes. Donnie was so gracious enough not only to be here today, but throughout this whole series, allow us to use his brand and good company, and uh, yes, praise God. So uh, I, I can't wait for, uh, for my friends to meet my new friends and vice versa. So Donnie, Whitewater, Whitewater Donnie. Um, What's up, y'all? Hey. How y'all doing? So uh, tell our friends a little bit about yourself, man. Absolutely. Um, I always want to start off by saying, uh, you know, I'm thankful to God, man, and thankful that we ran into each other at the mall. It was, <laughs> it was just like he said, y'all. <laughs> it was so bad. It was so bad. You had a friend with you, too. You had a friend, and I did, too. Mike Mike was there with me, and he was like, John, stop talking. And your friend was like, hey, come on. That, that's, that's some crazy white guy. Just to get away. <laughs> like, it was one of those moments, but he persevered. I was like, no, no, we're good. No, we're it's talking, cool. It's like, are you sure? We good, we good, we good. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's amazing, man. This is, this is a, a great guy. I'm so thankful for him and for you guys. Thank you all for hosting me uh, as I share my story about our brand and the message behind it. So I'm Donnie Harper, um, grew up right here in Cincinnati, Ohio. Well, right here, well, Cincinnati. You know. Cincinnati. Cincinnati, about Ohio. About 15 minutes. Not, yeah, yeah. About 15 minutes. Literally, yeah. Yes. It took me about 15 minutes to get here from my house. So yeah, grew up Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, uh, one of the, the, the regrets I had is I dropped out of high school in 11th grade, but I did go back and get my GED. So <laughs> that's taken care of. Um, and I did music most of my life, like since like I was 10 years old, uh, was into music. Um, my mom, fast forward, my mom, uh, she got sick with cancer. And so she passed away in 97. And so doing this music thing, I, you know, from her passing, I, that's what made me dedicate my life to the Lord. Um, before she passed, she started going to church. My aunt started coming around. And um, so we started going to church. And I heard about how we'd be able to see our loved ones, you know, again, you know, in, in the life after, if we submit our life to Christ. And I was like, listen, whatever I got to do to see my mom again, I, that's what I will do, right? So... I gave my life to God. It's so weird how God gets you because I gave my life to God not to really have a relationship with him initially, but it was like, if I have to do this to see my mom again, I'm all for it. And so I was in and out the church for like two years. Um, in like 2000, he totally grabbed my heart. And then it wasn't about my mom anymore. It was really about learning who Jesus was. And so 2014, um, I got called to pastor, and so I pastored for five years. Our, our church was, um, the name of it was Love and Grace Outreach, and um, I questioned God a thousand times when I got called to pastor because I was like, uh, I still do. 
That's not something I thought I would ever do. I don't want to pastor. I don't want to do that. Me too. And, and, li- <laughs> and man, out of all the times I ask God questions, this is the one time, not the one, but the, I'm going to say the time he answered every question lightning speed. Well, what's the church name going to be? Love and Grace Outreach. What's the nominee going to be? God name going to be love. What's, what are we going to do? We're going to do it here. I mean, he answered. He, he gave that? me no room. He told me this one time. I was like, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. Because, you know, like everybody said, like, what, what, you know, like, what denomination is your church? And they'll be like, oh, it's this or it's this or it's this or it's this, right? And, and then, then, like, you know, came, like, this group that says, like, oh, we're non-denominational. Like, and we're like, oh, okay, that means we're for everybody. Although, okay, whatever. Yeah. Um, he, did you hear what he said? Like, he said it really fast. He said, uh, what's the denomination going to be? The no- denomination is going to be love. love. And so, you know, that's, that's no, you know, that's no knock to any, you know, you know, Pentecostal, Baptist, that's no knock to that. But God said, you know, why can't the dominant thing be love in your ministry? Why can't that be your denomination? Why can't we get back to me? Right? And because love doesn't divide Love brings together, you know, because that's what, that's what God is about, you know. And so love was our denomination. We did that for five years. COVID is the only thing that shut us down because we were, we were fortunate enough to use a school at the time um, to have service in for free. And uh, once COVID came, they shut the school down and I was like, well, y'all ain't about to come in my house. So... I can't imagine why I, not. I guess I did my time, you know. <laughs> I've been released. Thank I've been you. released. <laughs> and so when, 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 when everything started opening back up, uh, I just felt led to go sit under a pastor, you know. And so now we, we're, at a, we're at a great ministry, man, um, and I'm, I'm thankful for uh, my pastor, uh, Pastor Brian Taylor at, in uh, Every Nation. And um, so, yeah, I started during the pastoring season, that's when I had this idea to start Good Company Apparel. And uh, I've been doing Good Company Apparel since uh, 2014, man. So tell us the story, like, behind, like, Good Company. Like, n- not only the, the brand, but then, like, why it mattered so much to you. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, started started Good Company 2014. Uh, it was three things that I wanted for our brand, um, the first thing is I wanted a clothing line that everybody could relate to and connect to. Um, again, because I felt like the world and the media wants to divide us. So I was like, what is the one thing that we can all agree on? God has got to be something that we can all agree on. So that was the first thing I wanted a brand everybody could relate to. The second thing that was more important than that is not only that it pushed a positive message, but it actually helped solve a problem in our communities. The third thing is I kind of got fed up with always being forced to wear somebody else's name or idea on me when it comes to fashion. Now, I'm not saying anything is wrong with that because I got on some Michael Jordan shoes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm just saying. I still wear other people's name on me. I'm, I'm cool with that. But I just didn't want that for my brand. I wanted, to, I wanted people to wear themselves. And so that's, I prayed about it, laying in the bed one night, it's like 2, 3 in the morning. I wake up. I'm like, I got it. <laughs> My wife was like, what you doing? <laughs> <laughs> she, 
she she jumps and flinches, you know, like it's a predator in the house. I'm like, babe, it's me. Cool. You know, I'm just cool. excited about this. So she was like, well, whatever you got, put it back until in the morning. Go to bed. <laughs> Go to bed, right? And so the next day I get up, I tell her this idea. I say, I, I believe God just dropped this, the, the name of the company on me. And I said, it's going to be called Good Company Apparel. And I said, the reason why is because First of all, the message about watching who you surround yourself with, the company that you keep around you, is not reiterated outside of the home. It's not reiterated outside of the school or the church. This is probably one of the few places you will hear, you know, the message about watch the company you keep. And I said, a message that's so vital, why isn't it being reiterated in our communities? Why is it there's no billboards that say, remember, watch the company you surround yourself with? Why isn't this message reiterated? And I said, okay. God has charged me to do something about it and to do it through the fashion industry. So that's why that, the, the brand came about, man. I just want to reiterate and, and be a billboard to say, listen, I'm keeping good company around me. And I put the O in parentheses here so we can keep God company as well. I love, uh, I love how God, like, God, you know, you, you can't outdo God. Like, he's always 18,000 steps ahead of us. And so I love how he's intertwined, like, these last, today's message and last week's message. You know, Noah was sitting up here, and he was like, I just dropped Proverbs on you, right? He was being all, all Noah. And, uh, and he was. He, he, he was referencing Proverbs of, like, hey, uh, hang out with the wise and become wise. Hang out with fools, and you will perish, right? Well, that's keep good company. <laughs> like it, it's this, it's the principle rooted in this whole brand, right? And Noah didn't know that, you know. So I love how God was dropping that to set up this yeah. to connect us. Then this is this is family for you. This isn't like this. This relates to family of why good company matters so much. Absolutely. So um, true story. My nephew, he was 20 years old at the time. He was riding with his friend in the car. His friend jumped out the car, unbeknownst to my nephew, his friend jumped out the car, robbed somebody at gunpoint. Now, my nephew didn't get out the car. My nephew didn't hold the gun. My nephew didn't help plan the robbery. My nephew had no idea that this guy would jump out the car and rob somebody this day. But because my nephew was with the person who did the crime, my nephew got six years in prison, all because he was with the person who did the crime. And I was, you know, it really made me push this brand because, you know, I asked my nephew, I said, can I, can I use your story to, to tell and, and to show the significance and the importance of watching the people you surround yourself with? So he said, yeah, you know, he, he, wants, to, he wants us to use his story, you know. And it's plenty of stories like that where people are just with the wrong person at the wrong time and they get labeled because of who they're hanging around, you know. And so, yeah, he, he's, he's out. He's doing much better. He's working. He's taking care of his, his, his son, you know. So I'm really proud of him. But I know he learned a valuable lesson. And I wish, I, 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 I wish he would have had on a good company shirt or hat that day because clothing brings up conversation, right? So somebody say, oh, what's, you know, especially your friend, they see you got on something new. It's like, oh, what's this? And he would have said, oh, you know, it's, it's a brand that my uncle started. It's called Good Company Apparel. And they would have had the conversation about keeping good company. And maybe, just maybe the conversation about that would have shifted his friend's mind to not do something 
like that. Yeah, it, it like reinforces like uh, the company we keep will set us on a path and a trajectory for our lives. And so um, uh, it's fall, right? It's getting ready to be fall. Uh, the weather has cooled down. And in Ohio, that means what? What is just around the corner? Football, right? Yeah. And all God's people said amen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah them too. And so uh, so any, any Buckeyes in, in the house, OH? I-O. Right, so like that, so uh, there was this running back for Ohio State. His name is Maurice Claret. Anybody remember him, right? Like just dynamic uh, running back um, who did not keep dynamic good company. Um, he got out of college and his career tanked and his life tanked uh, because of the company he kept. He ended up getting involved in drugs and guns and lots of unhealthy things. And now he has a an incredible redemption restoration story. He travels around to college campuses and tries to motivate youth to keep good company. He said a phrase that I'll never forget. He said, um, show me your friends and I will show you your future. The company we keep matters. It will either propel us on a path of the wise or the foolish. Um, what I love about Donnie's brand is that Donnie's brand uh, will go, his message of keeping God company, keeping good company, will go places that uh, all the beautiful, and, and they're fine, I'm not knocking them, but like I, I wear them like a cross shirt, right? Or Jesus, you know, like that's great, um, but you're not going to see that shirt in the club where actually you want Jesus, mm. you know? Like the places that... Um, that uh, are least likely to see Jesus are the places that Jesus is the most needed, right? And so, and your brand, like you've heard stories of like, man, I, I've seen like your brand in so many clubs, right? Yeah, and, and you're like, why were you in the club? <laughs> right, right, right. What you doing in the club at 2 a.m.? Ain't nothing good happening at 2 a.m. What you doing in there, bro? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm glad you saw my brand. <laughs> So, all right, Donnie, uh, I got to wrap it up. Um, so, um, why does why does this matter right now? Yeah. Well, like, I'll combine two questions. Why do, why does keeping good company, keeping God company, matter right now? And, and why did you say yes? Because uh, right now, um, j- just from a leadership perspective, um, there's a lot going on in our nation. There's a lot going on in our world. Um, I'm sure you guys are aware there's a lot going on in our country and in, in just, uh, several months there's going to be, a some things happening in our country, um, that it's already bubbling, you know, and, and it's, and it's divided us before. And if we're not careful as a people, it'll divide us again. Like and, and, I, and I'm hoping, that, like, this series was very intentional. Let's start rooting the reality that we must, if we're going to call ourselves God's people, we must be good neighbors, regardless of if they vote red or they vote blue. We, praise God, yes, the one person who is with me. We are not called to raise a flag other than the flag of Jesus Christ. Like our loyalty to a party 
our loyalty to a president, our loyalty to a country must never come before our loyalty to the king. And if we get that order wrong, that is where we see the division. That is where we see the unhealth. That is where we see the fighting, the ugly, the divide. Because our neighbor votes a different way. Our neighbor thinks a different way. Our voter looks at, like, like, it's like, whoa. King, Lord, first. And he says unity above all else. Like, this matters so much because, friends, you thought the last election was bad? (laughs) We are on the verge of just, like, being torn, being invited to be torn apart. Right? It's on us. The choice is ours. Will we root ourselves in the truth? Will we root ourselves in the truth of Christ under his lordship and loyalty to the king to let us be good God neighbors regardless of who our neighbor is? That's why it matters to me. Like, but that's me. I'm not you. Why does it matter to you? So, I th- for me, man, um, this, this brand and, and pushing this message really matters because I know that we are, we're all people of influence, right? Like somebody's watching me. And as I'm watching somebody, right, I'm getting influenced to either do something good or something bad. And I know my family depends on me. I know uh, my community depends on me to be an example of uh, what what we should look like as believers. You know, you're going to either be you're going to either be either be two things. You're going to be an example of how to be or or how not to be as a believer. Somebody's watching you, and they're either going to say, "I'm not going to be like like that." or I am going to be like that. And I always want to be an example of how I should be, how you should be as a believer, right? So that's always heavy on my heart. And so not only does the brand uh, push the message that we should keep good company around us and to keep God company, but it's also a brand of accountability because it reminds me to be good company to others. And so not not only that, man, um, saying yes was, was super easy. To come here, uh, for one, because you were, e- even in your quirkiness. <laughs> that was very kind. At, at, the, at the mall, right? You, you, your, 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 your spirit and your personality was still inviting, right? You were still kind in your, in your questioning and in our conversation. We, like you said, we talked for 30, 40 minutes after, after you know, you found out that I was, you know, the owner of the brand. We, we sat there and talked, man. It was a really good conversation. And, you know, I, I feel God has charged me to get this message out in, in various ways. And so coming to different churches and uh, going to go speak to, to different uh, boys and girls clubs and, and school, high schools and stuff like that, this brand has afforded me opportunities to reiterate how vital it is to keep good company and keep God company. And I love you. I love you, man. We both ball. Look, I mean, 
Just, just so y'all know, it's my brother know right he here. Was bald, right? And I was like, man, now I know we're brothers from another mother. <laughs> and I, I know I shouldn't have said that. I know I can feel Kelly like cringing right now. Just like, why'd you say that? Like, I am so grateful to have another brother. One day you will truly understand how much this moment means to me, but that's for us in private and not for them. But I prayed for this moment um, for lots of different reasons. So thank you for saying yes to the divine appointment. Thank you for being who you are. Thank you for pushing yourself to become more. Thank you for not settling. Thank you for being a light when you could have chosen dark. Thank you for pushing yourself. Thank you. You are helping us. Yeah. What I told Donnie is that um, I don't know what God is up to, but I know it is more than this moment. So I just thank you for saying yes. Whitewater, I thank you for creating a space and an atmosphere that this conversation can happen. This conversation is not over. So here's what I'm asking Whitewater for you to do. Um, be a good neighbor. There's so much hurt. I want you to be a good neighbor to yourself. You know? Be a good neighbor to the people under your roof. Good neighbor to those around you. They may look like they have it all together. It does not mean they have it all together. It does not mean they are not hurting. And it does not mean that you could hold the key of hope that they are so desperate for. So uh, very tangibly, uh, I want you to, uh, like, it sounds corny, but, like, there, there's a God commissioning of shopping local <laughs> to care for, especially when we know there are brothers and sisters uh, uh, in, in the faith, in the community of faith that are trying to push a message out there to change their communities. Like, it's, it's on us to care for one another in the body of faith, so um, to carry the burdens, but also to bless and advance forward, so... One of the things I'm asking you to do, not just uh, for Donnie and good company, but look for those men and women and families of, of small local businesses, like love on them in big ways. Um, specifically for Donnie and good company, he's got a table uh, that is set up outside. Um, and I'm asking that when he leaves today, that he's not taking any merchandise with him, that we have bought all of it. All right, so I'm serious. Like, I, I, I want you to, to buy everything he has, um, honestly. 
overwhelm him with a blessing that is God-sized. For those that don't have, uh, you know, it can't afford the t-shirt, uh, come talk to me. I'll buy it for you. Call me out. I'm not a liar. Test me in this. And I know some of you out there too, you have it in you to be able to like just write the check that is that big to cover all of it. Then do it. Then do it. Just walk up and swipe the card and go, uh, how, how many shirts? Great. I'll pay for all of them. And then just we'll just give them away for free. You could do that. I know you're here. So either way, uh, I want his I want his bins to be empty when he goes home. That's one way we're going to bless him. The other way we're going to pray right now. So Father, I am asking that you um, overwhelm Donnie um, just with your presence. Um, you have anointed this young man not only as a husband and a father um, and a leader, but to be a warrior of light in a dark world. I need you to come close to him, to overwhelm him with your presence and your provision and your peace, to give him the strength to persevere when everything around him and in him is saying, just maybe it's easier to quit. Give him strength, help him persevere. I'm asking for protection and peace to his mind in the thoughts and the attacks from the enemy that says he's not enough and he doesn't have what it takes. Rip out the lies and replace those with the truth that he is more than enough, that he is called, commissioned, and sent out by you with your authority. I ask that his message of keeping God company is a great light throughout the Cincinnati region and beyond. And Father, I'm just asking that as he continues to share this message, that as he continues to point to you, to give you the glory, that you just continue to bless him abundantly so that you get the credit. Jesus, I ask that as a body of believers that we uh, overwhelm our local businesses with love and support, uh, letting them know that they are not alone in this and that we see them and that we are for them. Let us be truly good neighbors. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.